0: Welcome to the Grit and Wit podcast, a show for ambitious female business owners that want to grow irresistible brands. If you're running a business and juggling family commitments, and often your sanity, well, you're in the right place. I'm Liz from Elevate, and I'm your host. I'll be chatting with inspiring guests who are sharing their stories and practical advice to help you navigate the highs and lows of building a business with grit and wit. Welcome to this week's episode of the Grit and Wit podcast. And this week I'm joined by Kate Hughes from Kate Hughes Meditation. Now, Kate is a mindfulness coach and a meditation teacher. She's got a very interesting background. She's also a criminal defense solicitor. The two worlds are colliding here. Kate runs online courses, obviously we've taken everything online now, and she's got a fabulous eight week course. It's a mindfulness for health and well-being course that's starting on the 5th of May. So if you're interested and you like what you hear today, then go and have a look at her website. All the links will be in the show notes and you might like to join her course. She also does classes as sort of more of a drop-in thing on a Monday at 9.30 in the morning and 7 p.m. So we're talking all things mindfulness, meditation, relieving kind of anxiety and stress and Kate is just the best teacher for this so I really hope you enjoy the show and as always please do let me know your thoughts. Hi Kate, thank you for joining me on the Grit and Wit podcast today. It's really great to have you here. So obviously at the moment we're in this really weird situation and I'm really aware that we all need to be kind of looking after ourselves and our mental health and I thought that you're a, a great person to talk to about this. So how are you feeling about the current situation?
1: Well, firstly, thanks so much for having me on here, Liz. Yeah, the current situation is very odd indeed, isn't it? Uh, Absolutely. um, It's almost something off a sci-fi film. I think, uh, personally, from my point of view, it's sort of I'm I'm in the same boat as everybody else. You know, a couple of weeks ago, my life was, you know, well, really exactly what I'd kind of carved out for myself, and only a couple of weeks later, we're all being told, "Don't leave the house." Uh, You know, you're on this lockdown. So. From my point of view, I'm, I'm, you know, I've got my little routines and procedures in place, so that I don't feel particularly anxious and overwhelmed about everything at the moment. And, and don't get me wrong, I've had my moments, as I'm sure we all have over the last couple of weeks. But I'm finding it increasingly the case that people are coming to me saying, "Kate, every day I feel feel more overwhelmed. I feel more anxious. You know, what can I do?" And I did have this before because a lot of the people that I work with, and a lot of people come and work with me because they do suffer from anxiety. Some of them have been diagnosed with depression, um, but more people are approaching me now saying, I, I, I can't handle this situation. What can I do? And happily, there are lots of things they can do from the smallest changes you can start making now to really easy breathing exercises, to starting a little bit of more formal mindfulness and meditation practice every day to actually embarking on a you know maybe quite an intense program or course with me but it's accessible to everyone so you know I often say to people they you know I sometimes do little presentations to people to introduce them to a course or program I'm running and I say look you're paying me to, to teach you breathing and counting and they laugh but it's it's that simple so (laughs) you know if we can give some tips to the listeners today for example I always start a session with some breath work Um, the breath can really change the way you're feeling at any given time and you know that's quite a big subject in itself but one of the breathing exercises that I start any session with is just breathing in through your nose and out through your nose And making your exhale longer than your inhale. And that's the key. Making your exhale longer than your inhale soothes your nervous system. It's the antidote to all these fight and flight chemicals we might have pinging around our brains. You know, the adrenaline, the cortisol. So it triggers your parasympathetic nervous system just to breathe in that way. In through your nose, out through your nose. But making your exhale longer than your inhale and breathing that way for 60 to 90 seconds can literally change the way your brain is operating so you know it's little things like that you know it's accessible it's easy you can teach children to do that and it's just something that you can do at any time anywhere a little bit like the old martini adverts anytime anyplace anywhere Uh, (laughs) the the younger listeners will be thinking what's going What's that all about? A martini <laughs> But, but it literally is things like that. The breathing exercises are so easy and it's a really good place to start because it can just calm you down. If you feel like you're anxious, if you feel like you're, you know, you might be about to lose control of a situation, just doing that breathing can, can literally change, change the physiology in your brain.
0: Well, I I mean, I have to absolutely agree with you because since I've been to some of your meditation classes, some of the breathing exercises that we've done there at the beginning, I've, I've been using quite a lot. And like you say, they're very small, small changes, but even before all of this craziness had kind of kicked off, I remember you saying, you know, to do that kind of different breathing and often I'll use that in the car so if I'm on my way somewhere not that I'm going anywhere at the moment of (laughs) course but up till now if I've been on my way somewhere and I've been a bit stressed by something or I'm running a bit late or just feeling that anxiety kind of creeping up uh, and the stress levels creeping up I've been just turning off the the radio having some quiet and just kind of calming myself through my breathing. It's really powerful. So yeah, I completely agree with you. That's
1: fantastic. That's- I'm, I'm really pleased that you've been able to incorporate that into your life. And I'm sure that your experience has probably been, it's quite easy to incorporate that into your life. Super easy, super yeah. easy. Any um, sort of anything you want to introduce into your life. I often talk to people about forming new habits and habit stacking. So if you do something every day like brush your teeth or put the key in the ignition or empty the dishwasher, whatever it is, add the thing that you want to introduce into your life to something that you're already doing, because then you're, it's, it's easier to remember to do it. So I often would, like you say, when I've arrived somewhere in the car, I would take a few minutes just to do some breathing or just do a really quick, you know, three minute meditation. When I used to work full time in an office, every time I opened a door, it would remind me to sort of check in with myself. So yeah, there are loads of things that you can do to help you remember to just take a moment, just take a moment. We don't have to be a hundred miles an hour on this the whole time. And I think especially now it's really important that we're doing whatever we can to look after our mental health. And I'm a little bit disappointed that the government, you know, reminds you to, you know, take your daily exercise and there's loads of stuff that's appeared online and YouTube, which is absolutely brilliant. You know, the hit classes and the PE classes, brilliant, but no one's really saying, and what are you doing to look after your mind? what are you going to do to help your mental health today and i think it's a shame because i think we're still even though we're 2020 i think it's still a little bit taboo to even say mental health but all this is is all your health that's not your physical body you know it's it's not your running routine and your gym it's 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 looking after your mind and and making sure that you've got the resilience to to go the full mile which obviously we all want to have and we all can have, but you need to have set an intention that you, you want to start doing something, start doing a little bit of mindfulness, start doing some breathing or meditation.
0: Can you just explain to me then the difference, you know, as a sort of a bit of a newbie to this, like I say, I've done a couple of your classes, but mm. I, I would still class myself as a real newbie, but what's the main difference between meditation and mindfulness?
1: They're two very different words. Some people don't want to talk about meditation, but they're happy to talk about mindfulness because it's a bit more trendy at the moment. The irony of it is they're both very interlinked, but mindfulness is really having an awareness of what you're doing at any given time. So right now, as you're listening to this podcast, can you feel your sitting bones on the seat? where you're sitting? Or can you feel the soles of your feet on the earth if you're standing up? Are you holding your mobile phone? Are you gripping it tightly? Are your shoulders up by your ears or are they relaxed? So being aware of your situation is mindfulness. Meditation is a way of introducing mindfulness so that you can enhance your mindfulness experience. Meditation could be anything. But often for people starting, I will teach meditation um, with a focal point of the breath because we've all got the breath. So, for example, a meditation might be I'm going to count my breaths. I'm going to count each in breath, one, out breath, two, in breath, three, out breath, four, all the way up to 10. And then I'm going to start again at one. Okay. That's a meditation, simple meditation. Anyone can do if you can breathe and count. And and, and literally, you know, I'm not being facetious. It's that easy. But that kind of meditation will enhance your everyday mindfulness experience because you're becoming more aware of yourself as you're doing that meditation. You notice when your mind starts wandering, you might find that you've got up to 18 when you only plan to go up to 10. You just bring your mind back to the counting. So, To have a a, a mindfulness practice is really to usually have gone about it in a meditative way with the aim at the end of it all to be not only aware of, of, of you and your surroundings, but accepting of you and your surroundings. So what I teach on some of my courses is this idea that you are aware of what's going on around you and you are aware of that little voice in your head, which sometimes, you know, you feel like will never shut up, but you're accepting of whatever your circumstances are. So you asked me at the beginning how I was finding all this. Yeah, it's, it's not great, but I'm actually perfectly happy in my little world at home because this is where it's at. This is where I, I am. I'm comfortable with my surroundings. I'm comfortable Um, Now with who I am, I've made friends with myself over the years with my meditation practice, and I've had the most amazing experiences through mindfulness and meditation. So why wouldn't I be, you know, happy to be in my own home? We're so lucky here. Look how rich country we're living in and the facilities we've got and the NHS that are looking after us. And it's it's easy in times of crisis to to not focus on the positives and, and really tune into the negatives. And that's when you get, you know, this negative self-talk starting and you can find yourself spiraling into anxiety or, you know, ending up down a bit of a rabbit hole, thinking about oh, what's going to happen in the future, what's going to happen tomorrow. I don't know what's going to happen to my family and my friends. and And none of us do, but it's about trying to live in the present moment. And that's where awareness and acceptance takes you it takes you to the present moment which is you know the most amazing place to be
0: Uh, yeah I think that's absolutely true I think that's really key and um, and I think the thing with the kind of situation that we're in at the moment is you know we're what are we the first of April today, so mm. I think it's the kind of lack of control that people feel. People that have, you know, we've all been used to having our own routines running a certain way. You know, we get up and we do whatever we do during the day, and and that's kind of how our lives have run. And now that feels for a lot of people that it, like it's been turned upside down completely. And obviously, they've got kids at home and they're trying to work, mm. trying to almost do two, three different jobs. And I think it's that sort of lack of control that is really the thing that most people I know are struggling with, as well as the overwhelm of actually just having way too much to do, not enough hours in the day. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, how, how would somebody start, you know, the, the, the idea of the breath is, is a really, really great place to start, I guess. How would you recommend that somebody tries to incorporate that at this current time? Uh, Is it a case of locking yourself in the loo away from the kids (laughs) or is it getting up five ten minutes before everybody else? Or, you know, how would you build that into your day? Well,
1: you know, I always say the best time to to do any sort of mindfulness or meditation is when you've got the time to do it. So if you have a routine at the moment that it's, it's really full on because the minute the kids are up, your day is taken, your attention is taken with looking after your children all day, then do try and get up five minutes early. Or, you know, you might be able to carve out some time in the evening. But as I said, it's, it, it's the intention. If you've got the intention that you want to start doing this for yourself, you will find the time. And when I started, for me, the best thing to do was to get up earlier. And I hated getting up early. <laughs> um, <but laughs> to start to form a new habit takes sort of 56 to hundred days of doing something every day. And if you can form a habit in that way, it's more the norm to do it than not do it. So, you know, like brushing your teeth, you brush your teeth every day, no question, morning and evening. If you miss one, it doesn't feel so good, but you know, you're going to do it again the next day. And that's where you can get to with any kind of habit that you want to start, including meditation. So, if you want to start your own practice, yeah, start with the breath. Start with start small. I often remind my students of the. Um, french chap michelle latito who ate an airplane and how did he do that a little bit at, at a time so starting small he ate lots of other things as well bizarrely um but he's known <laughs> for eating a, a light aircraft so start small so even if it's starting you know with a little timer on your, have your phone on airplane mode or use your um, digital timer that you use for cooking and set your timer for three minutes and just have the intention for that three minutes i'm going to follow my breath. Maybe you could do the counting the breath meditation that we just talked about. That's it. That's an easy one to start with. And I often say as well, you said about being a newbie and, and you're not sure about what you're doing. You're doing it right. If you've got the intention to sit down and do it and you're counting your breath. And if your mind wanders and wanders and wanders. Great because the more you have to bring your mind back to the exercise that you're doing, the more you're getting that that physical workout of the brain. You know, we, we don't go to the gym to do one or two reps, we go to do, you know, 12 or 24 reps or, you know, whatever you've been advised to do. And with meditation, the worse you think you are at it, probably the more benefit you're getting. So if you've got a really busy, anxious mind and you sit down and you think, all right, I'm going to count my breath. And every time you get to three, you're thinking about your shopping list or you're thinking about the work you've got to do that day. Don't worry, your mind's wandered. That's exactly what our minds are designed to do. Just come back to your breath. So, this type of meditation, this mindful meditation, you're not trying to clear your mind. Everything will be swirling around. All your thoughts and feelings will still be there in the background. You're not trying to shut them out. There are types of meditation that do aim to have that totally empty mind. I don't teach that. I teach them mindful meditation. So don't beat yourself up if you find that, you know, you can only get to one or two or three and then you're starting again. Everyone starts somewhere. And there's also that that great saying of, you know, the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago and the second best time is now. Same for meditation. Start now. Start something so that you can start seeing some benefits of how a mindfulness meditation practice can really impact your life. And the more you do it, the more you'll have an awareness of yourself. And that's when you can start creating a bit of time and space. And so what do I mean by that? I mean, so we often feel like we're on autopilot and, and life is something that's happening to us. You know, we don't get much choice. Everything is just an instant reaction. When you start this mindful meditation practice, you're actually giving yourself the opportunity to have a bit more time to make logical decisions. Things tend to slow down for you a little bit. The chat in your head might not be quite so loud, quite so fast all of the time. And life can be something that happens for you and not to you. And I'm saying that even though we're on lockdown at the moment, it might appear helpless, you know, like a, a, a desperate situation, it is what it is and you know it's a bit of a cliche to say that but you can only control one thing and that's you right now and if that's starting with your breath then then brilliant but you will create this time and space that can be Absolute gold dust. It can change. It can change you. It certainly changed me.
0: I think. I think that's really true. And I mean, I know your your backstory. I know how you've ended up coming to meditation. Mm-hmm. But obviously, our listeners don't. So, would you mind kind of sharing you know, what's brought you to meditation?
1: Yeah, sure. So, um, I actually trained to be a solicitor, and um, I qualified in two thousand and one. And I decided, very much against my dad's advice, that I should um, be a, a criminal defence solicitor. He was very much, okay, you know, I what about corporate and tax and all this sort of stuff? No, no, no. I wanted to do criminal defence. So I became a criminal defence solicitor and I was working in the local area where I still live now. And I worked my way up at the firm where I was working and I was a partner and then I was a managing partner and you know, I had quite a lot of responsibility. So I worked extremely hard. I didn't see anything wrong with that. I was very driven. I was extremely motivated by money and success and status. And I became unwell about five years ago now, sort of 2015 time. And the doctors couldn't find out really what the cause of my illness was. But in the end, um, they said, look, we're, we're putting this down to stress. And of course, because I got unwell, I stressed even more. So then the insomnia started and the anxiety was through the roof. And I thought, well, I was told, look, you need to change your lifestyle. And I I didn't pay too much attention to that at the time. But I, had, I did get better and then I had a little bit of a sort of relapse and I felt unwell again. And that's when I thought, I really need to do something. And um, when you say you felt unwell, can you just tell us sort of some of those symptoms that you were feeling? Yeah. So at the time, the main thing, the first thing that I noticed was my eyesight, my right eye. I couldn't see properly out of that eye. And that was very apparent very quickly. I think because I, I do have very good vision, I don't have to wear glasses or anything. Um, I noticed straight away that there was something up with my sight, and because of the job that I had, you know, we had to read a lot of documents very, very quickly. And who knew? You can't really do that if you've only got one eye working properly. So the frustration kicked in from from the get go that I very quickly couldn't do my job properly. So the eye was the main thing, but extreme exhaustion, which actually they they did notice that I had extremely low vitamin D levels. I was um, a couple of points off you know them saying you might need to be hospitalized for this so that was great because I could actually do something to fix that you know you, you everyone wants the pill don't they here's the pill and you'll feel better when it's stress and anxiety there isn't a magic pill there's um, you know you you need to have an intention that you're going to have to do maybe a little bit of um, work on that yourself and put a bit of effort in and and I did I stumbled across a, a mindfulness walk-in session near where I live and I I went there and I mean I, I I thought it was all a bit nuts, to be honest. But funnily enough, I the lady who ran that session got back in touch with me, maybe probably a couple of months after I'd been to the session. And she told me she was running a course. And I thought, you know what, nothing really has changed in my life. I, I knew something needed to change, but I didn't know what. So I did the eight-week course with her and my whole perspective and my whole outlook on life changed. And as the years went on, I realized that you know, maybe I could leave my very stressful job, which I'd managed to keep and do something else. And in 2018, I saw a great career coach and she guided me amazingly. And, you know, I thought I was going to have to dream up this whole alternative career. You know, what on earth could I be? You know, thinking about the careers advisor when I was at secondary school saying the only thing I could be was a librarian. Um, (laughs) So actually, she said to me, well, look, Kate, what have you got in your life that you love? What have you got in your life that you love doing that you could carve a career out of? And I thought, well, I really love all this, this mindfulness and the meditation and all that kind of thing. And I love the journey that I'd been on because I had changed so much. And I thought if I could help other people, particularly other people in the workforce, you know, in the workplace who were having exactly the same difficulties that I had, if I could teach them some of these skills, you know, wouldn't that be amazing? So that was kind of my idea. And I did my teacher training um, to be a meditation teacher. And one thing after another unfolded. And I got to the point of handing my notice in at work. I don't think my bosses really believed it, that I was actually going to do that, but I did. And I, you know, I found the courage to do it. And I set up Kate Hughes Meditation at the beginning of 2019. And funnily enough, it's a year ago to the day that I taught my very first meditation class, April the 1st. Oh, is
0: that right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: April Fool's <4th> Day, gosh. <laughs> Exactly. So, you know, I feel really privileged to have, have had that journey and also great that I've done some additional training so that I can now teach that eight week course that I did. The very first thing that I did, I've done some training with an organization called Zenways. And actually I've just finished teaching my first eight week course yesterday. And I've had such powerful feedback from the people on that program, even though, you know, sort of we're on week six and this COVID-19 coronavirus, you know, who's ever heard those words before landed. And I, I thought, oh, gosh, I wonder how this is going to affect everyone doing this program. So it's, it's an intense program. You know, there's a lot of work to do, a lot of homework, little bits and pieces I get them to do every week. And to their credit, they all stuck with, with the program and they all said they could, you know, on reflection, there's lots of before and after questionnaires that they do, could see a visible and notice a visible difference in their outlook on life, their sort of mindfulness levels and their anxiety and, you know, the control that they felt they had over life was better. You mentioned earlier, you know, we feel like we're not in control. That is something that you can work on and it is something that you can gain. And it's all about changing your perspective and how do you change your perspective? A lot of it is done through this, these mindful meditation techniques that I teach. So yeah, I mean, I've, it's a bit of a, funny journey going from solicitor to meditation teacher. And as it happens at the moment, I still do some consultancy work for the firm where I was partner. So whilst we're on lockdown, every now and then I'm having to go out to court and police stations because I'm still doing that kind of work. So two very different worlds colliding. But you know, I I, I equally enjoy them both. I, I take them both for what they are. And yeah, I'm I'm really pleased that I'm I'm on year two of my business. It's not quite what I thought it was going to be, but we never know what's going to happen. You never know what's around the corner.
0: It's a very brave kind of, you know, leap of faith, isn't it? To to make that change in your life. And I'm guessing that, you know, the, the mindful meditations and all that stuff has really helped you through that kind of adjustment period, because that is a big change. So, I mean, what would be the advice that you'd give to somebody else who's perhaps in a similar situation, who's, you know, maybe they have been in a job and they've been kind of, on the sort of hamster wheel of life. And now Mm. this period of time has allowed them a bit of, a bit of time and space to really consider actually how they're spending their life and how they want to spend their time. And, you know, perhaps they're kind of looking at all their aspects and thinking, well, actually this job isn't right for me. It sounds like you had a a fantastic careers coach there. Yeah. I mean, if only they could all be like that because I remember my school days as well. (laughs) 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 But um, what, you know, what would be your advice to you two years ago? what do you wish that you'd kind of, some of the things you know now that you perhaps would have liked to have known then?
1: Well, do you know what? I'm a great believer in things unfold at the rate that they're supposed to unfold and everything happens at a particular time for a particular reason. So I'm not sure actually that I would change anything about how I managed in inverted commas my journey. And it is a funny time because if you've been on that hamster wheel and all of a sudden you find yourself at home and you might have been on this you put on this furlough scheme where you're you're not to work but you're still in receipt of an income i would say don't make any rash decisions i would say let things unfold maybe i'm a little bit biased on this but i would say start a meditation practice to start exploring yourself, start finding out who you are. And maybe you can look at the perspective that you've got on your life and you might have that journey of meditation and realize, actually, these are the bits that I'm really enjoying and these enhance my life. These are the bits that drain my energy and I don't enjoy so much. I could tweak a few things up there, still really enjoy my career and maybe approach it from a different angle and not give up the job that you're in. Or you might have a bit of a, do you know what? they're saying that more people at home, more people are going to be creative. I've got this brilliant business idea, but I'm feeling a bit fearful about taking the plunge. Again, meditation is brilliant for overcoming fears, changing your perspective, working through all these negative emotions that we have of of sort of fear and anxiety. We, We don't want to experience those emotions because they don't feel good to us. What if you could find a way that you could manage that so that if you did sit with your fear and your anxiety and you, you really explored it and you, you know, you encouraged that feeling, you, you, you thought about what was making you you fearful and you actually sat with it and realized how it felt in your body and where you could feel it in your body. Suddenly it's not something to be afraid of anymore. And, you know, it was a combination of things for me leaving my job, letting go of that fear through meditation and mindfulness, but also realizing that I didn't need to earn all that money that I was earning. What was I doing with all that money? I was going on fantastic holidays, but I was so blooming stressed the minute I got off the plane and got back to work, you know, on countdown to the next holiday. It was, it was no proper quality of life. And, you know, I haven't been able to have those great holidays um, since I started my own business for a combination of reasons, which is fine. I I knew that before I started um, the adventure, but I'm so much happier. And I thought what was making me happy before isn't really what makes me happy. So this is a great time to do some reflection and really break down, you know, how was I living before this lockdown? You know, put a different pair of glasses on and maybe take a bit more of an objective view of your life and and see which parts sit well with you and which parts perhaps don't sit so well with you. And, you know, if you've got the intention to make changes, you can make massive changes. And I can only speak from my experience, but the way I've been able to do that is through you know, this eight-week course that I did and, and my meditation practice, which is ongoing. You can dip in and out of meditation, but you won't get the long-term benefits of, of the meditation. So you can dip in and out and you can turn to it you know, if you feel I need a bit of support, which is great, and you can feel some of the benefits. But to really feel the benefits, you kind of want to be doing a little bit every day. And what would you class as being a little bit? Well, whatever you can manage. And some days it might be three minutes and some days it might be longer than that. My personal practice is that I like to be able to do sort of 45 minutes in the morning. And then I might do, you know, another 15 minutes in the evening. But it's that's the that's the formal practice, you know, formal practice, that's sitting down and doing something like the the counting your breath or, or, you know, something like that. Mindfulness is something that really you want to seep into your everyday life. So I often invite people to take one thing that you do every day that you know you're going to do every day. The obvious thing is brushing your teeth and do it mindfully. So really notice what's happening when you're brushing your teeth. You'll have a different experience than if you're just brushing your teeth and thinking about what else you need to be doing. I actually used to be quite good at brushing my teeth with an electric toothbrush and texting at the same time, you know, <laughs> you're not paying any attention at all. But the other thing I quite like, um, is, you know, that feeling of splashing your water on your face. That's something that I do every day. And, you know, before I wouldn't have paid any attention to it, but when you actually pay attention to that, what an amazing feeling of feeling those drops of water running down your face and just taking... 5 seconds 10 seconds to feel that and so your practice doesn't have to be right i'm setting aside my 10 minutes now and i've got to sit on on this chair and do my meditation great to have a formal practice but also it's it's incorporating those little things into your everyday life i remember going on to a yoga retreat a few years ago and um, the yoga teacher was talking about we well, us talk about mindfulness really a lot of yoga is mindfulness and she said just just run your tongue over your teeth Hello teeth. You know, when was the last time you did that and actually paid attention? You know do you really know what your teeth feel like and look like and i I still remember that it was a few years ago, and I was thinking, "Wow, this is what my teeth feel like <laughs> um, uh, and so just having starting to have that awareness and we're we're often quite disconnected to our bodies because we're racing around doing so many other things, and it's great to to reconnect with your body and um, keeps you grounded it's a great way to start a mindfulness practice because you do do things every day that you can choose to pay attention to so Yeah, having a few little things like that every day, you know, you might do a 30 second bit of breathing, you know, when it's time to empty the washing machine, whatever it is that you do regularly and start, you know, stacking your habits up and and incorporating them into your everyday routine.
0: So beyond the, the breathing, the kind of in through the nose, out through the nose with the longer, the longer out, Mm -hmm. that was
1: correct, wasn't it? Yeah. Can you give us any more examples of things that we could try? Yeah. So one of the types of breath that I teach is box breathing. And quite a few of my one-to-one clients have said to me that that was one of the things they found hardest about everything I did with them. And I kind of overlooked it, I suppose. So it's one of those things that might take a bit of practice to get used to, but it's also one of those things that a lot of people say to me, oh, I was doing that in the hairdressers the other day, Kate, or I was doing that, or like you have said to me, oh, I might do that in the car. So all the box breathing is, is again, breathing in and out through your nose and you're inhaling for four, holding your breath for four, exhaling for four and holding your breath at the bottom for the count of four. So that's why it's called a box. If you can imagine that, you know, inhale, hold, exhale, hold. And it's just a way again of slowing things down. You're just counting. You're just breathing. And, you know, it, it's simple. So, you know, that's a, a, a great one again, to, to have something that you could do anywhere and no one needs to know that you're doing it. You don't have to be sitting in a certain way or have your eyes closed or anything like that. So there's, there's lots of little things like that you can do. Sometimes I teach the one breath meditation. So, you know, how long do you need to, to do a meditation? One breath. So with one breath meditation, I encourage people to uh, maybe have um, a hand on their tummy. So on the inhale, you'll feel your stomach really pushing out. And then on the same inhale, you're really using the full capacity of your chest. So you're using your whole body to breathe on the inhale. And then when you exhale out through your nose as slowly as possible, and you imagine that it's the last breath you're ever going to take. So you're going to savour every part of that breath. And again, that's introducing the idea of mindfulness into it. You're paying attention to every part of that breath and every way that your body is moving on the inhale and moving on the exhale. And it also encourages you to to use your tummy, you know, this diaphragmatic breathing that we don't do. We we often breathe very shallowly using the top parts of our chest. And um, particularly in the Zen practice that I um, teach, It's really important to develop a a sort of, they call it belly breathing. You're using your tummy for breathing. Having the shallow breath is your body's response to to being in a stressful state. And if you're always breathing very shallowly, it can dramatically change your life expectancy. So just something simple like using your tummy for breathing and getting into a habit of using your tummy and the whole of your chest and lungs for an in-breath is a great one to form. But you could do it with just one breath. So that sounds super simple. And I think the box
0: breathing is actually the thing that I do without knowing that that's what it was <laughs> <laughs> in the car, um, which is is fantastic, I have to say. Can you just remind us of that one more time? So you're breathing yeah, in. So, you,
1: so, so you're breathing in for the count of four. So you really want to be doing, you know, four seconds. One, two, three, four. So you're breathing in for four, holding your breath for four, exhale for four and hold your breath again at the bottom for four. And I like to do sort of 10 rounds of that because that stacks up to a good few minutes of breathing. And when people come to me, even if it's just for a class, you know, they'll they'll, they'll get to the class or these days they'll log on. And everything else, you've, you've often come rushing from, you know, cooking the kids tea or doing your last few jobs at work and you get onto the class and you feel so different after just sort of 10 minutes of breathing, oh, hang on a minute, you know, this is how I feel now. And I often invite people to check in with themselves. So this is another great way of developing a mindfulness technique. So when you check in with yourself, you check in with yourself in three ways. Firstly, with your physical body. So what I mentioned earlier, you know, invited your listeners to notice their physical body, notice your feet on the ground, notice the feel of the skin in your, the palm of your hand, you know, notice the touch of the fabric on your skin. So just exploring your physical body and not trying to change anything. So it's this idea of having an awareness and also having an acceptance or whatever you find just in that moment. So even if you find a little niggle or aches and pains, just allowing them to be that way, just just for now. And then secondly, checking in with your mind. So seeing if your mind is, is quiet or if it's neutral or if it's quite busy, or if you've got a really racing monkey mind. And again, not trying to change it, just accepting what you find in that moment. And then finally, checking in with your emotions. And They say there are 114 emotions. What emotions are you experiencing right now? And if you're not experiencing any, then registering a neutral. But you may well be experiencing an emotion and it may show up for you somewhere in your physical body. All our emotions do show up for us somewhere in our physical body. So seeing if you can identify that. The obvious one that we all know is sort of, you know, excitement. When you're excited, you might get butterflies in your tummy. But actually exploring how these emotions make your physical body feel is, is quite interesting. So, when I mentioned to you earlier, you know, at work, you know, every time I opened a door, I would, you know, have a little mindfulness practice. That would be the thing that I did just a quick check in with my physical body, with my mind, with my emotions. And that's helping you to just develop this practice and develop this awareness and being more in tune with, with, with you. And I think that's something that we
0: can all try and do, you know, especially now a lot more of, can't we? That that sounds like a, a super simple thing to incorporate. So thank you for that. So the, the thing I think as well with the meditation sort of word, and you talked about this a little bit before, is that I think sometimes it can sound a bit, daunting and a bit scary. Mm, (laughs) And you're talking about a meditation practice that that sort of brings to mind the idea of, you know, maybe Buddhist monks and I I don't know, sort of chanting and all that kind of stuff. But the things that you described are very, very simple and uh, quite discreet as well, actually. Like you say, if you wanted to sit and be in the hairdressers
1: or something, you could practice that Mm. breathing. I think, you know, these practices are thousands of years old and they're tried and tested. And a lot of them do come from, you know, Buddhism or, you know, their their roots are way back. But I think it's really important to teach in a way that's relevant to today and that there's no need to mention any kind of scary formality or, you know, um, religion or any of that stuff. These are practices, and again, that word, but it, it is a practice. A practice is just something that you do that's relevant to you now. And that's what I'm passionate about, getting this across to as many people as I can to try and give them a bit of a toolkit. I call my eight week course, you know, it's, it's providing you with a toolkit for skillful living. We all want to live skillfully. How do you do that? And you know, that there's great opportunities to really tap into these ancient practices that are really relevant for all of us today. Okay. So
0: sort of talking a bit more about kind of the today and the here and now then, can you just explain to me a little bit more about how you're delivering these classes? Obviously, we're not doing the in-person stuff now. What have you managed to do in your business? Have you taken stuff online?
1: Yeah. So of course I was, you know, I started, I mentioned to you, you know, it was a year ago today that I started my first in-person classes And so I've taken the, you know, the group classes online. So I've kept up with my meditation Mondays. Um, We have classes every Monday morning and every Monday evening, but also the one-to-one clients that I have, it's been quite easy just to transfer that onto, you know, a digital platform. So I'm very fortunate because I do have friends who, you know, are working in industries where they can't take their business online, you know, massage therapists, hairdressers, that kind of thing. So I'm very fortunate that I can take this work online. So, you know, one-to-one uh, it's happening online, online group classes. The eight-week course that I've just finished delivering started in person. I think we had six weeks of in-person and then we just finished the last two weeks online. And I was quite pleased actually the way it worked. And, and I've had to familiarize myself with all these new platforms and different ways of delivering, you know, the classes, but it seems to work quite well. And actually I, I did laugh on Monday because a couple of the girls in the evening class on Monday said, okay, this is so much better than, you know, coming out to the venue because we're in our pajamas and we we can just go straight (laughs) to bed afterwards. And I actually thought today, I might carry on with an online evening class for that exact reason. It's so relaxing just to be at home and, and, you know, to be able to totally relax afterwards not have to get in your car or walk home afterwards. And then the work that, you know, I really want to deliver in the workplace, a lot of companies are really geared up to the fact that they may not be able to deliver the things they wanted to deliver in person. And so I've been able to offer, you know, courses and programs online. So as I said, I do feel very fortunate to have been able to do that. I'm also trying to put some content out on Facebook, so my Facebook business page. So just giving people some tips and ideas. And, you know, we did a, we did a bedtime meditation the other day, just so that people can tune in and get access to that. And I do also on my website have access to free recordings. So if you want to experience a guided meditation or you want a 10 minute lunchtime meditation, those sorts of things are available on my website. And I am I'm hoping, Liz, that we can work something out so that we've got a meditation for the listeners to be able to tune into uh, as a result of listening to this podcast.
0: That would be fantastic. Absolutely brilliant. Yes, I'd love for you. I'd love for you to put something together for that. Great. I um, really would yeah. like
1: to, I'd like to give them something that's deeply relaxing, but I also want to, I'm working quite a lot at the moment um, on a couple of themes and one of them is gratitude. And a, lots of people are talking about at the moment, look how lucky we are because <laughs> we are in a very fortunate position. We, we have our, you know, where a lot of us are living in our own homes. We've got shelter, we've got food, we've got the NHS, we've got all these systems in place for us. And so actually focusing on gratitude um, is a great thing to do. It's one of those things. And I think I may have heard you talking about this with a couple of your other guests of having a gratitude practice and having a gratitude diary. And the reason it's so good to have a gratitude practice and just jot down a little highlight or something every day that you're grateful for is because your brain then picks up on the idea that you want to hear messages of gratitude. So i often say that the more we practice gratitude the more we have to be grateful for and all that is is you've reprogrammed your subconscious mind to send the messages of gratitude to your to your conscious mind so you will suddenly realize oh i do have these things to be grateful for nothing might have changed in your life but you've kind of reprogrammed your brain that you want to hear those messages and often when your brain is overcrowded with thoughts and feelings and emotions that are more on the anxious side it's great to suddenly have something that's not on on that you know that that theme. Great to be able to introduce some gratitude. So I'm I'm I'd like to offer a, a recording um, that will be deeply relaxing, but also have a little gratitude slant for the listeners, so that they can understand what I mean. And and a lot of people will say to me after trying to start a gratitude practice, you know, I, I I'm not really sure. What I should be putting on there. So in the recording, there'll be loads of ideas for how you can start your own grassroots practice and, and the sorts of things that, that, that really are important to you if you think about them. That sounds fantastic. I shall definitely be downloading that for myself
0: (laughs) (laughs) and perhaps even the children.
1: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, you know, there's no age limit to any of this. You could be seven or 77 you know, I said earlier, the best time to start is now. It doesn't matter how young or old you are, it's accessible to everyone.
0: Fantastic. Okay, great. If we can just start talking a little bit more about your business, then we've sort of touched on this as we've gone through, but I've got a few questions that I, I tend to ask my guests. And obviously people may not realize that you and I have worked together, that we yes. worked on the Brown Foundations together. Yes. Um, So that was last year, was it last year? Uh,
1: Yeah, it was, it was, yeah, it was actually, it was probably around this time of year and I knew, I knew what I wanted to do. I wanted to take meditation primarily into the workplace, but actually as things have evolved, I want to take it to anybody who's feeling a little bit stressed or anxious. It's, you know, delivering courses to people to help them to overcome that is very powerful. So I knew what I wanted to do, but I didn't really know, you know, what I looked like I mean I don't mean what I look like I mean what my business looked like <laughs> so I didn't really know what my business looked like I didn't really know you know what I sounded like and again I'm not talking about my voice I'm talking about you know when Kate Hughes meditation is communicating to a group of people what does Kate Hughes meditation sound like so I really found it very very useful to explore those topics um, together and you gave me a lot of food for thought I, I, I really loved the process that you had actually of giving me my homework to take away because I'm always giving people meditation homework <laughs> so I found that very useful so yeah we work together and then you know it's really exciting when you sort of you've done that work and then you can do your website and then you can do your logo and then that's all the shiny stuff I'm interested in you know all <laughs> the stationery that's what I love so then it all starts to feel a little bit real. And when, you know, it's it's great to go from, I've got this idea and gosh, I've just handed in my notice at work and I, you know, <laughs> this is me now to actually having something that feels really solid, that's had a second pair of eyes on it and a, and even a third and fourth pair of eyes because, you know, the way you work in your agency is brilliant. Lots of people working on the same thing at once. And it's just, that's given me a lot of confidence. It's given me... You know, I feel like I can present myself to the marketplace and I look good and I sound good and I, you know, I hopefully the brand comes across as professional because, you know, you do have to think about those things if you want to pitch for business with organizations that might have a number of providers to choose from.
0: Yeah, completely, I completely agree. And I think the other thing is that it's also, like you say, it's for your own confidence, isn't it? For you Mm -hmm. to feel like you've got this idea and then you're sort of, you have to bring it to life in some way. Yeah, That's the bit that people can get sort of tripped up on because they rush at doing all the other stuff like you say the shiny bits the stationery and the logos (laughs) and they don't do that thought process part Uh, and sometimes it's useful like you say to work through that with somebody else who can kind of prompt you but I mean that's really what you're doing for people in the meditation isn't it you're prompting them yeah um,
1: and um you know people say oh Kate you know, thank you so much for doing this for me. I haven't really done anything for them. They've done it all themselves. They have put in the work. I've opened a door for them and ex- explained the journey and given them a bit of a map. And it's my absolute privilege to do that. But they are the ones who are doing the hard work. I know because I've been there and I've done it for myself. So yeah, it's it's, it's great to, to, to be able to do that. And
0: do you have, um, I mean, are you a big reader? Do you read much?
1: Oh, I'm a massive reader. Love reading. (laughs) Before I started my job as a criminal solicitor, I would read crime fiction until the cows came home. And then I started actually doing that job. I didn't really pick up another Ruth Rendell (laughs)
0: <laughs> and all those books I
1: used to love. So I was a massive um, reader of fiction. But when I started this journey of sort of kind of self-discovery, that sounds a bit cheesy, I started reading a lot more um, nonfiction, and I've read a lot about meditation and mindfulness, and you know that has captivated me more recently. But I do still keep my hand in with a bit of fiction, and I love the audible app highly recommend the, are we allowed to mention brands on here? I don't know. Um, I don't I'm know. Sure <laughs> other, I'm sure others are available, but I do. So I, I often download nonfiction on there. If I'm doing a longer car journey, you sort of, you know, cram more in, but also it's good to go back to fiction. And I quite like having my fiction on the audible app because I can, You know, I could sit in the garden, listen to my book or do a bit of gardening or whatever it is and have that on in the background. Someone gave me some advice when I I think it was before I started my degree, I think I was 18 or 19 and they said, read something every day that is not related to your work and it might sound a bit odd to say, you know, meditation and some of the non-fiction books I've been reading is work, but kind of that's my arena now. And so it is a little bit like work. So I've really loved going back to the fiction and and you know, rediscovering some of my favorite authors and keeping a hand in there.
0: If somebody was interested in, you know, developing their meditation practice, if yeah. there'd be any books that you could recommend sort of for somebody starting out that would help them.
1: Yeah, so um one of the books that springs to mind is by an author called Eckhart Tolle, and he's incredibly famous uh, in his field. He, he's, he's renowned. I think he's absolutely amazing. And he's um, written several books, but the first book of his that I read that stuck with me is called The Power of Now. And we were talking earlier about you know this practice of mindfulness and, and having this meditation practice, helping you to live more in the present moment. That book explains why you want to live in the present moment and it does it very succinctly. It's not a great big long book. You can also get it on an audio app. If you're wondering why, what's the point of living in the here and now? The short answer is it's proven by the scientists now that you're you're likely to be less stressed and anxious the more time you spend in the present moment. So the more time you spend dwelling on the past or worrying about the future, the more anxious you will be. And Yes. Okay. It's, it's might be a bit more of a challenge to not, you know, be dwelling on the future with what we're living through at the moment with the virus, but you do have a choice of how much time you spend, you know, you know, how much time your mind spends in the, in the past, the present, and the future. And even just realizing you've got that little voice in your head (laughs) for me was a bit of a realization and you can't necessarily turn that voice. You can't turn it off, but you can turn it down a bit like the radio. So yeah, the Eckhart Tolle book, um, The Power of Now, is great, but he has also recorded a number of lectures. He he travels the world and he delivers these sort of 90-minute lectures. You know, you Google him, you'll find loads of his work. So that's one book that I very much enjoyed reading. And another author that I love is uh, Michael Singer. And the first book of his that I read is called The Untethered Soul. And it captivated me. Really useful advice Again, it's all about changing your mindset, realizing you've got that little voice in your head and what you can do about it. And he's a really interesting chap, actually. He, was, um, he started his own business pretty much from his living room and ended up being one of the biggest um, companies providing technology for, to the um, healthcare industry in America. So he's written a number of books, but The Untethered Soul is a good book to start with if you're kind of interested in some of the themes that we're talking about today brilliant i should be looking both of those up as soon as we finish recording
0: this (laughs) evening Uh, thank you i think we're probably on time up now but i could talk to you all night it's really really interesting and i've I've thoroughly enjoyed our chat so thank you very much thanks liz
1: yeah it's been an absolute pleasure thank you so much for having me on the podcast and
0: we'll definitely see about getting the uh, guided meditation the gratitude the relax deeply relaxing download available for people so thank you for that my pleasure (laughs) nice
1: to speak to you kate All right, take care, Liz. Thanks so much.